This is the Context Podcast, sponsored by Geist Interactive. I'm your host, Jeremy Brown. There's a lot of information out there about FileMaker. It exists in blog posts, in videos, and most importantly, in the minds and experience of FileMaker developers all over the world. There's a great opportunity to coach people to learn the ways of FileMaker. The platform is expanding, more people are coming to it, and more people need to learn. So people who want to be coaches can take some time and help out those FileMaker newbies. Mark Baum joins me today to talk about coaching and FileMaker. We talk about the kinds of people that make great coaches and coaches. Is that a word? We also talk about what topics to coach and exactly how to pass on the knowledge. Coaching is one of the best ways to evangelize the platform. The more people learn about it and the more they see our passion, the more they will use it. More coaching, whether formally through paid services or informally on the forums or meetups, needs to be done. So Mark joins me today to talk about how we can coach in FileMaker. Hey, Mark. Welcome to the Context Podcast. Thanks for joining me today. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me here. It's nice to talk to you. Yeah, thanks for joining me today. It's great to have you here and be part of the Context Podcast. I'm really interested, Mark, in your thoughts about coaching and how we can help each other learn in FileMaker. But before we do that, why don't you introduce yourself, tell us who you are, what you do in FileMaker, and how you got started. All right. Um, Well, uh, my name is Mark Baum. I currently work at Saliant as a senior application developer, uh, pretty much focused on the FileMaker platform. And uh, in the past, I worked at Claris back when it was called FileMaker and um, was involved in, in curriculum for a while in the marketing department. So training, writing trainings, uh, working on the certification exam, and helping to produce the conference every year. So uh, I'm very interested in how people learn and um, how to how to get people excited about the platform. I, I, when I give sessions uh, at at conferences, my strong preference is to do beginner sessions and to challenge myself to look at concepts that I take for granted and find creative ways to open them up and and get people thinking about them from the you know kind of from the ground up. Awesome. Well, you know, we actually, I didn't realize this, but we actually have a lot of uh, similarities. Uh, I used to be a teacher, you worked in curriculum, so we both really know how how to take a topic and really drill it down to its basic concepts and teach it in a logical format. So that's what we're going to talk about today is how we can do that uh, um, in the FileMaker community. Um, you said in your email earlier that um, you could talk about this for days, so I'm I'm prepared to talk for days. So let's get going. All right then. <laughs> okay, so before we get started talking about coaching, I, and I'm really excited about that, but I want to diverge a bit and talk to you about your FileMaker DevCon 2019 session, specifically the demo file you put together. You did a, a session on design and you used a pretty amazing, in my opinion, demo file. I watched it four times, and I'm fascinated by what you did. It's huh. You were very nonchalant about it, but it was not an ordinary demo. Uh, it's obviously you spent a lot of time on it. Um, it wasn't something you just pulled off your machine. You know what I'm talking about here? Oh, absolutely. I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm fascinated by it because we're so used to seeing slide, 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 and then working in FileMaker. But you took a bit of a different approach. Why don't you describe it for us? Sure. And I mean, every every uh, session has its own requirements, right? And what I did for this session was probably very specific to it. But it was motivated by terror. <laughs> I... I had two big challenges in front of me. One was that it scares me to show actual FileMaker files in a session because so many things can go wrong. And um, additionally, showing design is particularly challenging because the... um, the screens are so small, you know, I mean, they're, they're big projection screens, but it's very hard to make out any kind of detail uh, once you're like halfway back in the room. 
Um, I, I've thought that actually uh, maybe the day will come when we all bring computers and we literally, we sort of have a person in the room and there's the warmth of that, but we're actually looking at our computer because, because it's so much clearer. Um, but in any case, the challenge with this session was that I really wanted to show live functionality without risking the kind of breakdown that you can get with doing that. And also um, have an easy way to zoom in and out because I, I, I just find the zooming in and out, it, it's a skill. And the more you practice it, the better you get at it. But I haven't practiced it much, so I'm not that good at it. And um, I wanted real quick ways to jump around quadrants of the screen uh, the whole, I'm not being very clear. The, the The session was about, it was sort of a Julia Child approach to showing my journey through looking at various designs, other people's advice about those designs, and showing the evolution of them over time. So I wasn't going to show myself, like, I wasn't going to literally get up in front of a group of people and move fields around and say, now I'm applying a style. Now, you know what I mean? that's That would have been deadly. So I, I kind of had these um, iterations of 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 various interfaces and I would just, each of those was a layout in a file and I would jump from one layout to the next. And then I put little buttons all over them for little cues to myself about things I wanted to discuss um, because the other thing I'm terrified of is forgetting what I have to say. Um, So really it was just driven by my, both my concerns for myself as a speaker and with thoughts about what would work best for the audience in terms of, um, something that kept their attention, but uh, and and sort of had the right pace, compositional pace uh, in terms of watching something evolve. Is that helpful? I think it's extremely helpful because, as I've spoken to Rosemary about, when you're presenting, you don't want to be thinking about the process of like what. Uh, what layout you're going to go to next and so forth. You just want to think about your content and your file really took away all the uh, behind the scenes thoughts and really allowed you just to talk. And uh, because you had all this scripted out months ago, you, you, you knew which layout you were going to go to and you set up buttons to do all that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Months before, maybe, maybe hours before, but yes, before the presentation. <laughs> I'm glad you I'm glad you got it done before the presentation started. Yeah. So, well, you know, this was a pretty interesting idea, pretty clever, pretty interesting. Um, I'm wondering where did how did you come up with it? I know you said you came up with it because of some of your fear of <laughs> showing filemaker files, but did you also like, you know, brainstorm with people at Slime? I know people at Slime pretty well and I'm sure that some clever good 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 ideas came from great brainstorming sessions. Um, I think, of course, I mean, I, I, I always meet with lots of people and I get lots of great input. This specific thing was, I think it was my own idea, but I certainly ran it past people and said, is this working for you? You know, another challenge that I have as a speaker is trusting that I have something to say. And one of the ways I, um, distract myself from that sort of what are imposter syndrome is to come up with clever, clever tools, right? Instead of engaging with the content itself, I'm like, oh, what can I do? Oh, I'll make something that lets me jump around layouts and zoom in and zoom out. You know, it, it's sort of a way of distracting myself from, from from my concern about the content. And eventually, you know, it turns out to be useful. But in some ways, you know, I, I did put a good deal of time into thinking about that Uh before I had much content to show with it because because it was a, a, a an entertaining distraction. Well, I'm glad we could take a little bit of time to talk about it, Mark, because I don't think enough attention is paid to the presentation, how to present at DevCon. And I'm sure you're going to write about this as Claris Engage gets closer or as you give people advice to speak at uh, their meetup groups. But it's really good to just focus on that. And I wanted to highlight it. So there you go. Cool. Well, thank you. Today's episode is brought to you by FM Perception. You're working hard and in the zone, writing scripts, defining schema, and building layouts. You stumble on a calculated field you didn't remember defining. Where is it used? Can you delete it? What did your past self intend to do with this field? 
Well, without breaking your momentum or thought stream, you can turn to FM Perception to tell exactly where that field is used in scripts, on layouts, or in a calculation somewhere. You can find out if it is safe to delete or whether it should be kept. FM Perception is the only real-time developer intelligence tool for FileMaker developers. FM Perception exposes every detail of your FileMaker database structure. You can find out where fields are used, where scripts are used. You can discover every place any script step or any function, including execute SQL, is used throughout your system. And you can easily see broken references. FM Perception also gives you insight into areas of your system that are a little bit more tricky to find and discover. For example, you can see areas of indirection all the places you use global variables and those names, and even index indicators, those fields that are indexed intentionally or otherwise. FM Perception's power is in its speed. You don't need to stop and wait for an import to happen before you can get the answers to your FileMaker questions. Simply run an XML database design report and open Download the 14-day trial of FM Perception and experience yourself real-time developer intelligence. All right, back to the main topic. So I brought you on, Mark, to talk about learning FileMaker and specifically how to teach people FileMaker. Uh, you and I, we've seen, have a good, strong connection in that. And this is, and we, we both try to do that in blog posts that we write. We also have this context podcast here where Todd and I try to talk about high-level concepts of FileMaker as well as yeah. get a little bit technical. I've talked with Josh Orvand about how to learn FileMaker and what to learn in FileMaker. I've talked with Beverly a little bit about that. But I'm really interested in talking with you today about how a person can be a coach and how can they can take their information, the information that they know, and transfer it to other people. And we can talk about it from the other perspective, from the coachee's perspective, if that's a word. And let's just chat about that and uh, see what we have to say, all right? Yeah. Um, it, something occurs to me already that I can tell you about. Um, way back in the day, when I was just a little computer nerd, um, probably 10 years old or something, maybe a little older, I was part of a program started by a woman named Joan Targ, who I think was the sister of Bobby Fischer, the chess champion. And she began a computer lab um, in my middle school. So maybe I was, I was a little older, 12, 13. And one thing that I ended up uh, being volunteered to do was to teach computer skills to um, elementary school teachers. So, and, and we were taught a number of basic things which have stayed with me for a long time. One was keep your hands off the keyboard, right? The person that you're working with is at the computer and you're listening, reflecting. Um, they're getting the physical tactile experience of interacting with the machine. I also was taught to be very reflective, ask Socratic questions, um, don't jump in with a lot of expertise. So listen a bunch and then allow the person to find their own solutions to things. Um, just real basic. But, you know, I feel so lucky that I got that training, you know, when I was just a kid. Because it has been the underpinning of my idea of te technical teaching ever since. And it, it is true. Mostly I coach people remotely now. So we're in a remote meeting, just like you and I are right at the moment, except we can see we're sharing a screen and I'm watching. And um, the, the principle of uh, encouraging somebody, kind of making it a safe space, giving them the room to relax and discover their own confidence and intelligence all of that is such a pleasure to me. You know, it's 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 more pleasurable. I, I love to see the success happen. I love to see them get a concept. But even more, I just love to see them find some sense of uh, of accomplishment in this particular area. Yeah, that's really good to hear that you are interested in giving people a safe space to learn and discover. I 
do that. I like to do that. And I think that while there's a lot of knowledge out in the FileMaker community, not everyone has the ability to make it a safe space and to let people discover it and to um, work it out. We just want to give the answer and move on. But but you are describing um, an environment where people can learn and discover and think about uh, the concept and kind of get it on their own. So I'm actually questioning everything I just said. Um, as I reflect on my most recent experience, like I, I have a client right now who who has requested coaching. They want to figure it out for themselves. They don't have a lot of budget. And it's a, such a pleasure to meet with this guy. But I feel the pressure of needing to cover a lot of material in a short time. And with that pressure, I'm finding I become very directive. So in his case, he has a solution he's built, and he's trying to improve the performance of it. And essentially, I just say, okay, let's try some things, right? Um, you've tried these things. Now let's try these things. And sometimes, you know, they don't work. <laughs> anyway, various techniques, right, that, that, that um, just, just things that, you know, he hasn't learned to do yet. And we get to the end of it, and the performance hasn't improved. And I'm like, oh, well, you got another technique, you know, <laughs> let's write that up. It's a great technique to use. I'm sorry it didn't solve your problem. Um, but in those, in that situation, I do, I, I all my tendencies to be controlling and to be directive uh, emerge um, because I'm so concerned about his budget. So there is a balance there, right? There's some sweet spot in between being completely open-ended and saying, this is going to take as long as it takes, you know, let's, I really want you to discover this on your own or do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. And now you're there. How did that look? You know what I mean? It's hard to balance those, those two extremes. Yeah, I get that. And, uh, you know, you're, you're dealing with a limited budget, you're dealing with limited time. And even when on the forums, just like in the forums, I'm trying to help people in my responses. I'm trying to coach them. Uh, a little bit, even though I'm limited by my time and by the number of characters on the screen and, and that actual forum. But it still is good to, to try that. Mm -hmm. If people were to hire you to coach, uh, what would you coach them on? Would you do those concepts, the techniques? What would you what would you help them learn? I would ask them questions, leading questions, but questions, and let them find their way towards the solution and offer information when it's you know when it's obvious they're not going to take the leap kind of guide them to the leap conceptually whatever it is so it's it's somewhere in between where they are thinking hard enough on their own that there's a good chance that this is going to stick right and then afterwards uh, at least with this guy um i like to write up what happened in the session and say okay these are the things we did together um, this is how I would describe it. And to just give them a summary of, of what happened from my point of view. What in FileMaker do you really try to hit home? What do you make sure that you learn, that you teach, and that they learn? Right. It's hard, it's hard to... It, we're, we're, we're speaking really abstractly because each person's in a different place. Of, there, of course, there are context and relationships as crucial. You know, this idea of I'm standing here viewing data through relationships from a specific uh, vantage point. That's super important. Um, it's less important as, as, you know, as people use SQL queries and, and other ways to escape context, but still a fundamental idea on the FileMaker, FileMaker platform. Attendant to that is finding uh, naming conventions or relational structures that, that are orienting right that that encourage you to think contextually and uh, take off the cognitive load of figuring out where the heck the things are that that are going you know the the, the rational paths from one piece of data to another i think that's that's that, that's just fundamental um and then i'm trying to think what else certainly the sort of things i've talked about in sessions before you know uh scripts and expressions and algebra and things like that if those if that's not logic you know if, if those things aren't part of the person's vocabulary um 
that's a pretty important ground to stand on. Mostly I've, you know, mostly I've engaged with people who've already gotten to know the platform at least a little bit and and know have some sense themselves of of what the next step is for them. Okay, yeah, and that makes sense. So people are coming to you with knowledge of FileMaker and they want your coaching abilities to help them to the next point. I get that. You're not teaching people from scratch, from the beginning. No, no. I've hit a wall, you know, I, I'm trying to accomplish this and I can't, right? So, and that's really helpful. It's helpful to have a specific problem to attack. And you know, with any single problem, there's a million things you can talk about in terms of, best practices and um, approaches and all the rest of it. And so even with a specific problem, it it takes a lot of care to edit the conversation and stay focused on, on what's going to be most helpful. You mentioned that you try to listen to them and get where they're at and their uh, knowledge and their gaps in knowledge. And you try to teach to that. Um, But I'm curious, whose responsibility is it to kind of, set this curriculum? Should the coachee always come up to the coach and ask for help and bring something to the person? Or should the um, coach, should she be responsible for um, picking apart and filling in the gaps in the coachee's knowledge? That's a great question. Um, I I'm, I'm wonder what you think about that. I know that I have mentors at Saliant and I often feel remiss <laughs> in in how prepared I am for my meetings with them. Um, so yes, I think there is a responsibility. You're going to get more out of a relationship with a mentor or a teacher if 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 you come to the meeting having prepared in some way. Uh, what do you think, Jeremy? I don't know. Uh, I'm two minds of this about this. Number one, the coachy knows. Uh, may have a question, may have be stuck at something, and, and she can always bring that to the coach and get help. But uh, the coachee doesn't know what she doesn't know, right? So the coach has a responsibility to listen and to hear the gaps and to fill those in. That's how I see it. I... You know, I when I was teaching fifth graders, they didn't ask me, "Hey, let's let's learn to divide." I said, "Hey, we're going to learn to divide." So I <laughs> I brought the subject to them, right? Um, but most of my really good times in learning FileMaker has been when I have come to my mentors, uh, Wim DeCourt when I was at Saliant, or now Todd, and just ask them and quiz them and get their knowledge about this particular thing. Uh, I think that's always good as well is to for the coachee to bring and to challenge, quote, challenge the, the coach and get some uh, and see what they think about certain certain topics or techniques or concepts. Yeah. If, if, it's, if this is like a single meeting, then I think there's a lot more on the coach. If it's an ongoing relationship, then I would put a great deal more responsibility on the on the person receiving the coaching because finally it's it's that that's why you're meeting it's for their that person's benefit so all right so let's say you're in the forums or you're coaching someone and they bring you a question they've they've got this question for you but they um you see something wrong let's say they have a database with contact one contact two contact three in it and they're asking you a question about i don't know scripting a loop mechanism or something um, but you see that this is wrong. The, the contact one, two, three is wrong. So what do you do? How do you help them overcome that? Do you um, ignore that? Do you uh, uh, just answer their question? What do you do? I go with them where they're at at the moment, unless there is something that's really directly affecting what we're trying to solve, right? If, if what we're trying to solve is completely undermined, by something you know it should be standing on then then you got to deal with that but i think it's overwhelming to try to tackle everything and frustrating if someone has a specific thing they're trying to get addressed um i think it finally gets discouraging 
you know, to to be told that you're doing everything wrong. <laughs> and, you know, you're going to start over again. So, yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, that's my, I generally, you know, I work on a lot of legacy systems and you have to, it, the legacy system is like that person, right? It, you've, you're being paid to make certain things happen in that system. And if you start fixing everything that needs to be fixed, you're going to be giving away a lot of free time to your client. So, or you're going to be exploding their budget, right? Which neither of which is going to be a happy situation. So I really see that as very similar. You, you Somehow you focus in on really what needs to be addressed and stick with that as much as you can. I completely agree. And I, I think that would be my one critique of, of working in the community is that we all know, a lot of us know what the correct answers are in certain circumstances, but the people who are coming to us with questions don't have that knowledge. And if their perception is a little bit lacking, we shouldn't chastise them for that perception, for that perspective. We should maybe answer their question and then try to move them along and only give them the alternative advice that has nothing to do or whatever with the, the current uh, problem, we should give that after they've been satisfied that, and their question has been answered. So I, the tricky thing is, is that you're in a public place. It's not the sort of private conversation. And so there's an impulse to look smart. Right. Yep. Right. Right. It's, you're, you have the sense that your answers are being viewed and judged by judgmental people, <laughs> um, and and beyond that, then there are people who really just get pleasure from from feeling like they know a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And there's nothing. We're not going to do anything with people like that. But for the rest of us, I think there is this sort of. Uh, you know, unproductive impulse to want to look as good as we can rather than trying to engage with the other person's issue. Yep. I agree. Yeah. And, you know, being a fifth grade teacher for 15 years, I didn't care how smart I looked to other people. I guess I'm, I've brought that over into, into, (laughs) into this world. That's great. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I still edit my answers and I still think about it, but I really try to meet the person. I'm I'm pretending that the forum post is a one-to-one conversation, even though other people may pipe in and, and, and join and offer other advice. When I'm talking to that person, when I'm responding, I'm talking directly to that person. So, and I'm, I try to meet them where they're at. So. That's really helpful advice. Not not just in terms of taking care of the other person, but also as a way of clearing away a bunch of that self-consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's it's because I have knowledge. I don't answer every question in the forum because I don't have all of the knowledge, right? I still talk to Wim if I have server questions. I still ping other people if I have other questions. But um, when I know an answer, I definitely I try to meet with them or I do give my advice and, and, and help the person out. I'm, I'm just curious, what have you been coached on recently? Because I think a coach can be also someone who is coached, right? It's not like all of us people who, all of us who have been in FileMaker for a long time, we have a, all of it figured out and we never have to learn, right? Um, oh no, yes, lots to learn. <laughs> um, well, so what have you been coached on recently? Yeah, the the coaching, one of my goals is to become a better business analyst okay. and to, um, I mean, one of the, Salient's a great place to learn business analysis. There's people who are really good at it and there are a lot of best practices in place. <laughs> I'm still acquiring the self-discipline to actually engage with those best practices, but I, you know, I have the wonderful, you know, the once in a lifetime opportunity to work with Sarah Severson on that because she's just the best. She's so kind and compassionate with the clients and then she documents everything. So it's just, it's really great to watch how she approaches business analysis. 
Um, I've been doing this a long time. I actually, you know, without acknowledging it, there's a lot of things I guess I do know how to do, but I also have a lot of habits that are, I'm finding really hard to shift. Um, and, and it's just, yeah, I, I, I'm trying really hard to become a better documenter and, it's just, I keep, I have lots of small projects that are just me and the client and I have to keep reminding myself, well, what if I got hit by a bus tomorrow and someone had to take this over? What do they need to know? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it, let alone the fact that I don't remember things that well from week to week myself. <laughs> are you, you knew I'm, you know, I'm going to ask this, but are mm-hmm. you slowly being coached in, in some JavaScript stuff here and there? You know, I'm not. I, I, I've worked with JavaScript in the past, and I know that it's something that I should develop as a skill set. I'm not doing any formal study of JavaScript at the time. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I just asked. There's, there's plenty to learn and, and so forth. I think for me, I'm, I'm still being coached on. Um, let's see. What am I being coached on? I'm still learning about. We, we deal a lot with transactions here at Geist Interactive. We have a, a concept called the controller file that where everything goes through this separate file, it, um, all of our scripts are built into that file. Mm-hmm. And so all of the logic is done there. I, I'm still learning about that. And I still, you know, ping Dave and Todd and, and talk to them about those things for sure. So yeah, I, there's plenty for me to learn still. I, I can't even keep up with it. And I'm trying to learn JavaScript. I'm trying to work with React and it's it's really I just don't know how much time in the day I, I, I need and I have two dogs here, you know, they take a lot of my time. So <laughs> I have a foster dog who's trying to uh, we're trying to adopt. So it's it's fine it's it's tough to find the time. But um, No, I hear you. And it, it, when I was whatever, when I was twelve, I was really excited about languages and code and stuff. And I still get a great deal of pleasure from that. But with my limited time right now, my focus is on um, business analysis and clients okay. and and kind of, you know, stepping away from the code a little bit. Okay. Um, where do you, where does one go in the, in the community to find a, a coach to help them through a specific concept, a skill and so forth? That's a great question. I imagine you know better than I do. I, I mean, I've had people reach out to me just because I've spoken, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's great. I have a lot of resources within Saliant, so I tend to go to people within that company. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a result, I haven't really where resources are otherwise. Um, what would you say? Well, I always suggest that people start by following people in the community, in the FileMaker community. Um, follow Mark, follow Bev, follow Wim, follow all these people who, who have a lot of knowledge and aren't one of those that try, have to try to look smart. You know what I'm saying? So that would be my first suggestion. And then just, I guess, start a relationship with those people and talk with them and, and eventually like you just ask them questions and, and get to know you, you can do some informal coaching just via email and then, you know, maybe broach the subject one day and see if they're, they would be willing to give some time to you. Um, I know you mentioned that someone hired you to, through Saliant to be their coach. And that's, so it looks like Saliant has that opportunity, right? Um, And here at Geist Interactive, we do the same thing. So there's always, you can always reach out to any of the platinum partners and uh, see if they're, if they have some people that can um, be a coach for you. Uh, whether it's long term or just you know a couple hours, right? So right. I've done that a couple times in the React world. I've pinged people through Twitter and uh, set an appointment to talk with them, and I was ready. I had specific questions. You know, going back to our uh, previous question, I had specific questions, and I was ready to <laughs> hit them hard with a ton of questions in my limited time. So. Yeah, I don't know. There's not there's not a, a quite a transparent place to find coaches. I wonder, you know, I know the FileMaker community is doing some expansion with meetups, you know, talk, working with meetups and, and um, you know, engage and stuff. So I wonder if there's opportunities there for people to connect and find a coach or uh, find a coach. Yeah. 
So what do you think is the ideal coach? I think we've, we've mentioned some things, but who, generally speaking, is an ideal coach? I think that for different people, there's a different fit. Just like, you know, for different people find different friends for different reasons. However, it's good to have somebody who can listen, um, who isn't, who's able to step away from their ego a little bit so that, you know, and ego is is just as much insecurity as over security, right? Right. If 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 I'm worrying all the time in my engagement with you as your coach about whether I'm doing a good job, that's just as distracting as my feeling like I have to be the expert. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's some self reflectiveness I think around all that and kind of a sense of humor. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I do think I to me a good coach is somebody who probably has been where you are right now so that they can they, they can imagine the path to where you're trying to go and who creates the sense of possibility that you can get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a real, it's like a spiritual gift. Um, I'm thinking more of music teachers right now in my life. People who sometime, somehow hold open this space of possibility for me um, and and allow me to get past my own discouragement or even sometimes lack of motivation to see the path forward. I love doing that for other people. I really do. Getting sort of creating a feeling of excitement about the endeavor that we're doing together and somehow just making it possible to, to move in the direction. Cause we all have, we, it, besides just our lack of technical knowledge, there's so many other things inside of us that militate against making progress on something that we care about. And a good coach somehow helps to remove those obstacles, at least during the time that, you know, that the two people are engaged with each other. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. We, you definitely need to find someone, a coach who's willing to, you know, give their time and, and again, talk. And one thing, again, one thing that I appreciate about people who are coaches is that they start where you're at. We've said that before, but they start where you're at, even if where you're at has already been trotted over thousands of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm still learning about relationships, a, an ideal coach is going to meet me there and not say, just go look it up because the question's been answered, right? Um, but it's going to pretend like like the discovery is being made for the first time in me. You, you talked about that at the very beginning is helping someone experience it for themselves, right? And that means discovering it anew while discovering it for the first time, right? So to me, a coach is, is not one who's going to try to hurry you through what is established or what they already know. Uh, what is already known. They're going to, they're going to take the time with you. And again, that depends on money and <laughs> budget and time and such. But um, to me, that's an ideal person who's patient enough to put up with my, my, my beginner steps. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and you know, a, a good coach Oh, well, I was going to say that put up with it more than once because I have, when I've been coached, I often come back with the same <laughs> damn questions over and over. I'm like, oh, did I ask you that before? Oh, I guess I did. Um, right, because that's part part of the process is, is internalizing this information and getting past various kinds of psychological barriers. It's about, like you said, discovery and excitement about things and I also think that creating an application, I was, I was saying this to somebody else recently, I think it was to Martha, creating application is an artistic or create, endeavor, right? When you're creating a piece of art, a piece of music, a poem, whatever, you're starting, you, you kind of start from zero every, every time. And even though the applications that I create for people or that I work on for people have many things in common with each other you know they there's in fact you want to not you know start absolutely from zero each time there still is that kind of terror of the blank page when you need to solve a problem for somebody 
and that terror for the person when you need to solve a problem for yourself and have a guide, right? So a lot of it is about tolerating not knowing. Yeah. It, it, more than teaching someone a specific skill, if you can just sit with someone in their ignorance, <laughs> that is a profound gift to give to somebody. I know quite a few people who can do that, and that's it's it's great that we have those people in the community. Yeah, I, and without judgment. I mean, I th- Wim, of course, immediately comes to mind. He's just he's so kind about letting me sit in my ignorance and just say, "Well, okay, well, let's think about that." You know, <laughs> instead of <laughs> how is it possible you don't know that, right? <laughs> so. Yes, I, I, if, if there's a gift we can give one another, it is that. To, to, to listen to somebody, to hear what they're worried about not knowing, and to, to, to give them the space to find the next steps for themselves. Who is um, the ideal coachee? Like if I were a coach, <laughs> who would I, what kind of personality or what kind of traits would I look for in someone that I felt was, it was going to be a successful coaching relationship? Well, you know, I suppose in an ideal world, anybody, um, but the people I like to coach, (laughs) um, are smart and, um, not very defensive and, uh, like to be, uh, kind of given the space to figure stuff out a little bit. They don't want an immediate answer. Um, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's certainly personalities that I much prefer to work with. But I think actually, you know, every person is an interesting collection of neuroses. And, and that's part of the, that's part of the challenge and interest of coaching is to, to get, here's another package of, of, of person. And what are you going to do with that? thinking about myself as a coachee, like when have I been successful at it? When have I not? Hmm. Um, I'll see what you have to say, but is a, is a ideal person who's willing to be coached. Is that person open to like learning the concepts behind things or are they just one who wants to know the technique and move on? That might be a, a awkward way to say it, but cause it sounds like one is worse than the other, but um, you know what I'm saying? Like, is a successful coachee somebody who is willing to understand versus just do? There may be there may be different styles of learning. Um, despite the fact that we're having this very abstract conversation, I like specifics. I like to have something to do, um, and I learn best by attempting something. Okay. Um, it's, it's, so to talk about. To talk about and oh my god, yeah. When I look at discussions of of technique and uh, you know coding, whatever, whatever is the latest, most exciting thing, if I can't attach it to something that I need to accomplish, I have no interest. I just, it's not interesting to me for its own sake. Mm-hmm. There are people for whom that's just a profound pleasure. Uh, but I've I have found at least in my middle age that I'm not one of them. I much prefer to have something that I need to make happen, and that's a great technique for doing it. So let me learn it along the way. Okay, nice. All right. Well, you know, I think coaching is is a should be a bigger part of our community. It is kind of informally, and there are avenues out there. I know the uh, women innovating together group they they work on mentoring and coaching people um i know that there are development shops out there who do the coaching i would love to see more of it because i would i would love to see a like a a central repository of filemaker coaches Hmm. that are just there you know kind of like i i hear ads in other podcasts about um, you can dial up a therapist and, and just be connected to someone and talk to them just right then and there, right? That would be kind of cool if if we had a, a pool of <laughs> FileMaker coaches that someone could just call up and say, I'm really struggling with transactions or with, with uh, I don't know, security. Can you, can you spend 20 minutes with me, you know? So 
I don't know, maybe I'll start that up or something. <laughs> yeah, no, that, you could even have some sort of currency um, so that people are are giving and taking to some extent. Well, I've realized yeah. that doesn't work perfectly because some people really just need to learn right now, right? But yeah. but it would be an interesting model to see if if there was some way of you coach for a bit and then you get coached or something. Um, I, I think that I think that's a great idea because there are people who have way less experience than you or I who could easily be a coach on the, the stuff that they know that we may have skipped over. No um, kidding. Yeah. I, I recently interviewed, I keep bringing his name up, but I recently interviewed Logan Cornelius, who's only spent three years in FileMaker, but knows how to connect to over a dozen APIs. So mm-hmm. He could teach people who have never explored that idea, the APIs, and he could coach them in their path. And then maybe they could switch the relationship and and Logan could be coached in something else. So yeah. Okay, well, I'll uh, I'll I'll get that going here. We'll have <laughs> I don't know what we'll call it. Um you know, I, yeah, I, w- I would love for there to be more coaching in, in the FileMaker platform without you know, without ego, without um without impatience. I just, I want people to help each other learn the platform and so we can grow the platform and, and so that businesses can be more efficient in their work. Earlier in the conversation, we were talking about how we give our time. And I was reflecting on the fact that really the coaching that I'm doing that's technical is, is paid, right? And it's part of my salaried time at Saliant. Mm-hmm. And I'm not doing any coaching in terms of technique that's for free. What I have been doing in the past few years and what I'm really interested in is public speaking, right? And uh, especially sessions for DevCon. I, I've had a lot of pleasure. I, I've gotten a lot of pleasure um, exchanging coaching uh, with other people who are speaking, talking to people who are applying and advising them on their application, just that, that whole area. For, for me, uh, that's a real area of comfort for me and a joy. And it, I, I'm very happy to to make time for that in my life. So there, there are, I was just thinking, you know, you, a minute ago, we were talking about what people have to contribute to each other. Um, I think it's very important to know if you're going to give your time what you feel like giving your time to also kind of in an economy of exchanging coaching. I can imagine people who have skills totally outside of the FileMaker sphere, whether they're business skills or public speaking skills or something else that they might be prepared to offer um, in exchange for some, some technical coaching. So, you know, I mean, there's a lot of possibilities there, but, but I did want to mention that for me at this point, Although I do coach, you know, professionally and enjoy it very much in terms of improving FileMaker solutions, the place in my life that that I that I get most excited about is listening to people's presentations and uh, advising them on how to warm it up and be more present or organize the content and all the rest of that. Well, people can. Um... You know, maybe say hi to you as they get selected uh, for DevCon. We'll find out in a little bit, or have already found out. <laughs> um, do you do you like take time in the community to talk with? You, you mentioned you take time in the community to talk with those speakers. What's your process there for helping people? Absolutely, with- yeah. Okay. I mean, when I've when I've spoken, I tend to exchange time. Like say, you know, I would love to coach you. Would you take some time to coach me? Uh, a lot of people have coached me without, you know, asking for coaching time in return, and I've certainly coached people without asking for time in return as well. The, the time for applying for for Claris Engage is now over, but in the past, I've uh, worked with people who were making applications. So it, it just depends on, you know, what's going on. I'm also really interested in whether people in our community are thinking about speaking in other spheres and other conferences. Um, I haven't done any of that myself, but I'm really curious about it. I'm curious what people are thinking. And I'm sure there are some, you know, high level people like Todd and Dave Knight and others who who do that um, or who just that's part of their sales pitch because they have companies. But I'm curious whether people in our community are thinking about other places where they might speak. Yeah, I know. Um, 
Rosemary said in, in a recent podcast that they want to, you know, expand the community and, and somehow work with uh, meetup groups and places where people can speak. If they don't get selected for DevCon, for Claris Engage, they can reach out to these other spaces to to do more more speaking. So I'm guessing that speaking about FileMaker is, is going to become, there's going to be more of it. So people like you and John Howell, right? It's last name is Howell, yeah. People like you and John Howell who are talking with folks about speaking um, will have more of an opportunity. So maybe there's something there as well. Oh. Yeah. No, John. John's group is great. So, so, And I love what Rosemary is doing. In some ways, you know, speaking on a topic is adjacent to mentoring people, right? It's yeah. it, 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 it's lacking the, the direct relationship and perceiving what an actual person needs, but it's imagining somebody who needs these things and, and speaking to that. Mark, I want to thank you for your time. Um, this is, it's, it's good to talk about helping people in the community. We talk a lot about techniques. We talk a lot about high level and lots of videos and blog posts, but it's really good just to talk about how to help people in the community. So, um, in the, <laughs> so thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Um, if people have uh, Claris Engage speaker questions or speaking elsewhere, or if they have you know other FileMaker questions, can they reach you? How can they get a hold of you? Yes, absolutely. Um, I suppose if they're part of the FileMaker community, they can message me there. If you go to the Salient Consulting website, you can find me there. Um, there's a whole area of blogs, which would be one way to. I think come up with a, a way to contact me. My email address is mbaum, B-A-U-M, at slantconsulting.com. Um, feel free to write to me there. So yeah, I, I'm, I, I figure there's a, plenty of ways to discover me and I'll be very happy to hear from you. All right. Well, thank you, Mark. Say hi to Sarah and everyone else at, at Slant for me. And uh, I will, I'll see you in just a few months at Claris Engage. Mm, well, thank you for doing this, Jeremy. I, I really appreciate all your efforts to, to bring together our community. All right. Well, thank you very much. I will talk to you later. Have a good day. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that brings us to the end of another episode of the Context Podcast. I want to thank Mark for his time to talk with us about coaching in FileMaker. Coaching is a vital part of our platform. And honestly, I don't know how we would exist without people that have coached us. And how will it continue unless we have coaches willing to get out the knowledge and to share best practices? If you have time, please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We really appreciate the feedback that we're getting. You can also reach out at support at geistinteractive.com. Until next week, the context podcast is king.